everybody. Welcome to this special episode of Cloud Wars Live. We're recording this from Workday Rising at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Delighted to have with us here Ajay Sablak, who is the Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer at Rubrik. Ajay, good to see you. Likewise, Bob. Always uh, great to have conversation with you. <laughs> well, thank you. But uh, man, what interesting times, Ajay. You know, talk about uh, things that are going on here. I mean, I think your business is always uh, pretty nutty, moving up and down, doing remarkable new things for customers. But then the last 10 months, right, the era of Gen AI has come in. So uh, maybe just to get started, tell us a little bit about, you know, how has that hit Rubrik and what does that mean for your customers? Yeah, so uh, Rubrik uh, yeah, is a data security company and, um, you know, our core business uh, when we started out was to help customers recover from, you know, any kind of attacks such as ransomware, et cetera, and just recover all their data. Um, so, you know, we are considered a cybersecurity company that is, you know, extremely important for securing, you know, your lifeblood, your data. So, as Gen AI has, you know, started to kind of unleash itself, um, you know, there's a lot of excitement, so I have to say it's a, it's a very significant, uh, you know, technology in the sense that it, it kind of opens your insights to the whole world, uh, and it gives you, I think, tools that you previously, you know, kind of struggled to kind of get to, and, and it does that in a, in a very, uh, you know, seamless way. Uh, but of course, there are many pitfalls of, mm -hmm. you know, how you navigate this and how you not only learn about the advantages of uh, adopting Gen AI, Gen AI, but also, you know, look at um, how should you, you know, be concerned about some of the other things that you know it's going to, uh, you know, pose as challenges, right, yeah. along this journey. So for Rubrik, uh, it was, um, you know, it was an opportunity in the sense that you know we're a security company, we're helping our customers secure their data, we're trying to keep them informed about cyber threats. Um, just the state of, uh, you know, cybersecurity across, how they compare to, uh, you know, other peers, et cetera. And then, you know, historically we've always, you know, kind of used their own assets, their own data sets, et cetera, to formulate, I would say, kind of a health score. Mm -hmm. But now the, you know, the comparisons uh, would be amazing, right, that we could make to, uh, you know, other companies out there that, are operating in a similar way, maybe even get threat intelligence uh, in, in a more automated fashion, maybe even have a security advisor that Gen, Gen AI could enable. Um, because it not only learns from your own uh, local environment, but it also you know, has the ability to combine that insight with what it has already learned right, from, from the rest of the, the world. So we got pretty excited about the possibility of extending our own you know, products and including those features. And then that's not the, the end of it, right? It's the other side of the house is how do you start to consume Gen AI yeah. to make your company more efficient, uh -huh. right? To make us more productive, to maybe accelerate our revenue growth, right? So those, those are like some core objectives yeah. that you could start to pursue with Gen AI but of course, like I said before, you know, there, there's a variety of you know, tools and technologies that are starting to appear. 
right? And the important thing from my perspective is to understand, you know, some of the business benefits that you can derive. So go after some low-hanging fruit if you are aware of you know, certain business challenges that you can uh, solve with Gen AI, um, you know, without, you know, obviously causing concerns about you know content uh, loss or uh, security challenges, etc. I mean, so you you do have to understand the pros and cons, yeah. right, of every single. But when you start to do that, yes, I think there are a few you know, business use cases that start to emerge. Um, we had a, you know, couple of ideas around internally, you know, so, so one, the, our chief people officer, right, so she kind of um, asked me a question about some of the, you know, insights and dashboards that she has available to kind of run, uh, you know, the people team and, and the company in general. A lot of key metrics, et cetera, and then her question was, you know, is there, an easier way for her to interpret the story behind a lot of these metrics, right? So you can throw a bunch of things at, uh, you know, company leaders, but how do how do they get interpreted? Now, historically, they have always used, you know, specific analysts who would look at that, formulate a story, show the correlations, and kind of walk these leaders through it for them to get to their aha moment. But Gen AI could completely change that, right? Mm -hmm. It could. Uh, be completely plugged in and then start to provide, you know, these leaders with the story as they are browsing through their insights, dashboards, et cetera. So we found that pretty exciting and, you know, we're already exploring possibilities in that area. Um, data quality was another, you know, yeah. challenge that we've always had saying, okay, master data, accounts, contacts, even product data has challenges, right? Quality challenges. Uh, takes a lot to actually improve data quality. Uh, you know, you, you use third-party reference data sources, you kind of write all kinds of scripts to, uh, you know, <laughs> figure out how to improve and plug in the holes in the data. Right. But what if Gen AI could just completely yeah. change that for you and say that, hey, you know, I already know what's wrong with your data. I could, you know, fix it as your data comes in through the pipe. Um, so we got, excited about, you know, these kind of use cases where I see a business benefit, you know, right away. Uh, of course, you know, we still have to explore the right solution. We still have to explore the right partnerships, the right vendors, you know, who can help us on this journey, et cetera. But uh, it's exciting times, you know, the possibilities seem endless. Yeah. So we're very optimistic about uh, embracing some of these things in the near future. Yeah, uh, Ajay, that sounds like a, like you said, a very exciting future. I know it's one of the themes here, you know, build your future. And this is going to be pretty profound. And for you, what's intriguing, right, um, I think chief information officers, CIOs are, you know, definitely, you know, knee deep in all of this, elbow deep, uh, eyeball deep in it. But you're also the chief data officer. So uh, this interesting time for you is particularly interesting. Could you talk a little bit about how you see it from those two points of view? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, technology and data, you know, have a very close relationship, right? So typically, uh, the focus, you know, for a CIO is to, to make sure that, you know, all of the business processes are enabled and automated and scalable and yeah, they perform well, uh, infrastructure is performing great. And so, in doing so, 
I think the question I've always asked is, where, where is the focus on data, right? Because if you do all of these things, you know, great. You, you can have a smooth, uh, you know, process running engine in the company. However, a company requires, you know, data-driven insights. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless you kind of pivot over to becoming data-driven, you would always, uh, you know, be missing out on uh, timely insights to make key business decisions. And, mm -hmm. and I've seen uh, companies who struggle because, you know, they, you know, keep using old school methods of generating spreadsheets and, you know, canned presentations and reports. And I, you know, tell people, I think it's, the time has come for companies to, you know, generate insights for all the business, uh, you know, groups around the company and then use them to their advantage, right? Use them to make good business decisions, to optimize their business, to actually determine bottlenecks, and just stay on top of, uh, you know, the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, I would say processes, right, in that manner, right? So very frequently we all get blindsided by, mm -hmm. you know, how we kind of pursue, you know, our, our uh, activities for the day, but, um, you know, at Rubrik, we pivoted over to becoming data-driven, right, three, four years ago, and and it's been day and night since then, right? It's just completely opened our eyes to every part of the business operations. It has started shining a light on all the, you know, issues that we had with, whether it was pipeline generation or data quality or, uh, you know, financial health, mm -hmm. Um, and it actually started to give people some great ideas. And we've actually seen those ideas get implemented. So they become actionable. And, uh, and that's why this, this part of the uh, you know, role needs a special focus, right? Yeah. And so yeah. in my other role, that's basically what I do is I, I put on that hat of a chief data officer and I kind of look at you know, how data driven are we, where are the bottlenecks, how should we help some business groups that have not you know, come on board and adopted, how do we show them the benefits of adopting this approach, right? And so I think it's been, uh, I would say, quite beneficial that uh, I wore the two hats because I was able to influence both sides of this world, right? And then make sure that we could seamlessly solve problems. So sometimes to get to good certified data, you need the right technology. Yes. And very frequently I find that you know, the, the data engineers, they, they actually escalate things to me where things are impacted by upstream processes, mm -hmm. right? And that's my CIO job, yeah. right? So I'm like, how do I convince the CIO now that, so in my case, you know, I help set the priorities on both sides, but when these roles are apart, that's why I urge people that if you have two different roles and two different people, they have to be joined at the hip, yeah. they have to, have interlock plans, they have to partner vigorously and help each other out. It's kind of similar to what you know, I do with the, the CISO, right? So yeah. our chief information security officer and me, we're joined at the hip, because a lot of what you know, he does, I implement in terms of initiatives. And so you sort of like form that you know, strong partnership and then uh, achieve a lot of things that way. Uh, but yes, the focus on data is that important. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Uh, Jay, do you ever have arguments between the CIO and the chief data officer, and uh, how does that <laughs> resolve itself? <laughs> yeah, so 
Um, I, I believe if the roles are separate, there always is a, a prioritization challenge, right? And, and I actually see that day in, day out, because you know, the two different uh, groups that I have, uh, one focused on data, the, the other you know, IT-based, they have uh, this set of their own priorities. And very frequently, when I look at the both, um, you know, I sometimes feel that they are not aligned, yeah. right? Yeah. And so sometimes I step in and then you know, help align the priorities. And I expect the two leaders, if they are separate, to be able to do so, yeah. uh, to be able to help yeah. each other out, uh, you know, have some kind of a strong cadence on how these priorities get reviewed, because ultimately, I think the the driver should be business, uh, you know, benefits. Yeah. Like, yeah. what will benefit the business? Of course, IT drives a whole bunch of initiatives that benefit. You know, we're all doing things that are linked to the strategic goals of a company. Uh, but both sides are doing that. The only issue is the time of, you know the timing of that thing, right? Yeah. So sometimes they, that doesn't align. And so we go figure out how best to compromise on certain things, reprioritize things on either side, um, and also engage you know, people because a lot of times I've seen this cross-functional teams required to not only troubleshoot challenges yeah. with data, but also help solve them. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's that partnership. Well, Ajay, I really liked how you describe that notion of the need for leadership to be unified, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the business outcomes, not you know different little siloed mm -hmm. um, issues that don't rise up to really what matters for the company. And I want to take that back to something you said a few minutes ago about the, the those occasions when people feel like they're blindsided in what's going on, but if you're a data-driven company, the chances of that are much less. So mm -hmm. I think in some of the research I was doing about your work and some of the things Rubrik are doing, it came up that, and maybe this is true, and you tell me, of data-driven companies. The old model was sort of, you get tons of data and you sift through it hoping to find an insight. But today it seems to be you're saying, this is the desired business outcome. Now, how do we map that back to the appropriate data and go forward from there? Is that something that's going to help businesses keep up and move as quickly as they need to today? Yeah, I think that the top-down approach would be you know, a great way to kind of pursue business insights because if you know what you're looking for in terms of measuring the efficiency of your business or your business group, um, and if you have you know challenge day-to-day -day challenges that you're sort of looking to you know better understand, uh, I think it absolutely would help to you know use that as kind of the the driver to say, mm -hmm. hey, this is really how I want to analyze my business. So you know the IT and data teams, how can you help you know help us become data-driven? to where we kind of start to light up all these insights, yeah. right? And, and that's a good way to start because you've actually posed a business uh, challenge and you put it on the table. And then you, you know that there's data out there to support it, right? And uh, there's always complexity in data relationships, data quality, the way the data flows, et cetera. And I think architecting the, the right, you know, it's called the data engineering, right? It's behind yeah enabling these insights. I think these business uh, uh, so-called you know, requirements, 
or needs can help influence the architecture in a big way. And, and so I think I like that approach as well is, is the reason why I talk to all the business leaders about, you know, what, what is it about your business that, you know, bothers you or you wish you could improve further, et cetera. And I think you start with those kinds of statements, right? Because then you can quickly translate that back into a series of, you know, data fragments that have to come together to form these relationships, turn into metrics, you know, get aggregated, and then finally get enabled to help the business leader with some stories, right? And I think that is exactly how we have been also pursuing this challenge, right? We always start with that business challenge. Yeah. And then yeah. we quickly break it down, and that actually turns into an initiative. And sometimes we've found that the complexity of what the question they asked, you know, was very loaded in the uh -huh. sense that there are so many data streams that have to come together, but that does not deter us, right? We are saying right. we're going to ultimately help you solve your business challenge. So, you know, we're ready to move mountains, right, uh -huh. to make that happen. But, you know, that's, that's our commitment to saying we have to become data-driven. And yeah. so no amount of barriers are going to stop us from achieving that. And, uh, you know, this, uh, the acceleration actually comes from embracing the cloud, right? And mm -hmm. so, so more and more I advocate that people truly look at their cloud vendors because they are really helping us accelerate you know, yeah. this data journey because, yeah. you know, you're not spending hours and hours on technology. You're basically consuming a service that's sort of ready to help you accelerate. And your focus is really just data, right? Yeah. And bring it all together, not, not a whole lot of technology. And so I kind of like the, the fact that, uh, you know, we have a completely cloud-based architecture. I mean, Workday has been, uh, you know, a great partner, and, and I have very similar vendors, right, that are mm -hmm. SaaS-based, cloud-based, uh, that are helping us accelerate our data journey. Yeah. Well, Ajay, uh, this morning we heard both Neil and Cheyenne talk about things like trillions of parameters going into these very large language models and domain-specific large language models. So uh, there's no doubt that the, the technology that's going on today, it's so much on Jenny, it's, it's astonishing. But if we set that aside, I think since we hear over and over, these are CEOs of the companies driving these decisions, and they're interested to some extent on the makeup of large language models, but more and more they're thinking, how is this gonna change how my business works? Correct. So I think that the technology aside, this is gonna lead, this Gen AI revolution is gonna lead to massive changes in how businesses operate. Mm -hmm. So I wonder from your point of view, both inside Rubrik and for your customers, how are you helping those customers keep up with you know, this very different way of doing business in the Gen AI world? Yeah, I think Gen AI you know, is a revolution. I think we all agree that it, it's going to profoundly change you know, the way we um, live our lives the way we work, uh, the, way, the way we, you know, do things on a day-to-day -day basis. So, but of course we are kind of starting that journey and there's a lot of learning that needs to be done, right? Because um, it will evolve to something, you know, maybe more solid in the coming years. But right now there's, uh, you know, slew of information and sometimes misinformation out there. And, and so I think our, you know, recommendation is that let's educate ourselves on mm -hmm. uh, 
what parts of the large language model can benefit us right away and, and where should we be concerned about you know, uh, content security, uh, patent infringement issues, et cetera, and really just make those airtight, right? So now there are all kinds of tools that are starting to emerge that can help you navigate you know, this little complex journey where you figure out, okay, these are things that can benefit us right away, and they are not a big concern in terms of you know, our data, uh, you know, intellectual property, et cetera, that you want to protect. And then a lot of vendors are also helping uh, people consume large language models in a you know, secure way where you can use the insights of the model, but you don't have to give up your data uh -huh. right, to, uh -huh. to really get the benefit. And um, those, I think, architectures are, are great, and they are already fast emerging. Uh, so the job is twofold, right? So, so as a software vendor, you know, our job is to obviously learn ourselves and then help our customers by accelerating the product journey, mm -hmm. right? Kind of like what Workday, you know, did by announcing a, a slew of AI initiatives. Yeah. And I think that's what I expect every single software vendor to help their customers do is figure out how they can uh, enhance, you know, the offerings of their own product by enabling Gen AI, right, in, in different ways. You know, whether it's uh, is a, as an advisor that's ready to answer questions, you know, uh, for, for, you know, what that application is used for, or it's, it's there to provide, you know, additional insights that you historically never had access mm -hmm. to because, you know, it was a bit of an island mm -hmm. of information. Even your applications were an island of information. But now that you have access to unlimited uh, global insights, um, you know, you can draw upon that and just start complementing what you, you know, already kind of knew from, from these application platforms. So uh, that's exactly what we are doing for our customers. And as a CIO, I'm sort of like looking at all my vendors to say, you know, how do we partner together? Mm -hmm. If you have figured out some great business use cases and I can actually clearly see the benefit of consuming that, um, I would be less hesitant to adopt right away. Right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we're already scouting for these kinds of uh, you know, features. And, and I know a lot of vendors are announcing things, and it'll take some time for these things to get you know, built, get released, mm -hmm. and then get consumed. Um, so meanwhile, you know, my recommendation is spend the time learning, you know, have conversations, figure out uh, you know, who's been using uh, this technology in what way, uh, and learn from each other. I, mm -hmm. I think uh, that is exactly how we're gonna help uh, accelerate this adoption, but in a safer way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Ajay, as you were describing that, I, I was thinking, you know, the, in addition to the technology, not just challenges, but as you said, there's a lot to learn there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be applied then to the, to create those better business outcomes. And I was thinking about, you know, the mindset of leaders has to change here today. I, uh, I, I think it was Neil who talked about the customer this morning in the keynote, right? They do um, car service shops, maybe muffler shops, tune-up shops. And they said that they're, all their appointments just get wiped out when there's snow or some sort of bad weather thing. Now, I think not so long ago, people might've said, well, uh, that's just tough luck, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, but they 
pulled in these other streams of data that said when's there going to be bad weather, what stores are going to hit, and let's react accordingly. So it's, it's forcing companies to take this other mindset that says, how can I go beyond the traditional way I've thought about my business and the data that I've pulled in to influence my business? So uh, I think in, in Rubrik's case, you've recently undergone a change where, as you've described, uh, cyber, cloud cybersecurity company, but now you're the cloud data management company. Mm -hmm. So how does all of that change the mindset that you have to have, and particularly maybe how Workday helps you become that new higher value sort of organization? Yeah, I think um, you know we are definitely a company that has embraced the cloud in a big way. And uh, we're helping customers secure all their cloud data, right? And so um, people are absolutely fragmented in terms of you know, consuming multiple uh, you know, public cloud resources for the right reasons. I mean, there's a cost advantage there's also resiliency when you are, you know, in multiple clouds. Um, but you always have concerns about data loss. And so, you know, Rubrik started to uh, help customers uh, secure, you know, all their data, right, in the mm -hmm. cloud. Um, and we had started out in the data centers, but now, you know, we help them secure all the cloud workloads. Um, now, in this journey, obviously, we look at ourselves to say, how does Rubrik you know, grow itself as a company mm -hmm. that can continue to help customers on this journey. And so the focus on employees, I think, is, is huge. Um, we are a company that prides itself on transparency, on, you know, employee satisfaction and growth. And so when you start to have these kinds of, you know, great objectives for both customers and employees, um, you, you need to make sure that you've made the right investments, right, in terms of technologies, platforms, business, uh, you know, vendor partners. Right. Uh, so I think Workday is obviously a key cog in that wheel um, where I think we've centered uh, our employee master. I mean, it, the HCM, uh, you know, acts as an employee master. It's been plugged into, uh, you know, our uh, identity management solution. It uh, secures, you know, rubric uh, across, and then, uh, we started to connect it to pretty much every other application, realizing that the power is in, uh, you know, pushing timely data uh -huh. into all these, um, you know, related applications. So, so be it, uh, you know, our ERP or be it uh, our CRM, uh, even our commissions tool. And uh, you know, very recently we actually connected the dots between Workday and the commission tool. And it was so beneficial for mm -hmm. uh, us to then go process because you know all of the employee data was always accurate, the hierarchies were accurate, and uh, there was a huge productivity gain yeah. by just making that one connection. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've taken advantage of the fact that you know these cloud-based technologies can lend themselves to quickly get integrated. Uh, there's a great set of cloud-based integration platforms as well that can you know, help you push data from one platform to another. And so, uh, so we've leveraged Workday in a, in a big way. I think it's powering you know, all the, the data around. And then we started to also leverage it for you know, meaningful insights, meaning, mm -hmm. so we use adaptive planning for all our financial planning. And then you know, we've got HCM for all the employee data. 
for payroll, et cetera. And then so when you start to connect the dots between all of these things, uh, you know, our financial planning process gets accelerated because yeah. the insights are readily available. Mm. We find that a lot of the HR analysts have an easier time figuring things out because we are able to produce those insights for them, right, mm -hmm. based on data that's readily available from, from Workday, Adaptive, a lot of these other related platforms, right? And so, so we find that, you know, this kind of a architecture, this kind of an enablement has really helped us, you know, keep rubric on this accelerated path, right? So we're not slowing down. In fact, you know, we call it a scalable solution, mm -hmm. right? So as rubric grows, uh, you know, at, at this kind of a rate, we also find that these solutions keep up with it yeah. and they kind of scale seamlessly. And so um, it's been a good journey so far, yeah. right, with, with the investments we've made. And one final thought here I'm going to ask you to put on your crystal ball. So um, I think Rubrik had and, and participated with Workday on some research for uh, HR professionals and finance professionals. What's been the biggest impact or what do you hope the biggest impact of AI and ML will be for your company, and the resounding uh, first priority for those those executives was that we want to increase productivity. Uh, I'm a huge believer in increased productivity. I think it's phenomenal. But mm -hmm. what do you think in the next couple of years? Right when everybody says, "Okay, we're we're pushing the productivity up pretty high," what's next? What what's the next big goal that business leaders will expect these remarkable new technologies to help them do? Yeah, I think per, so. You're right. So productivity, you know, efficiency. I think those kind of things um, are the low-hanging fruit. I think people will sort of go after that, like you know, um, Gen AI writing code on behalf of engineers. So obviously that's a productivity thing, and it's, it's going to uh, accelerate your time to market, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a that's a pretty big business benefit when you can accelerate time to market on anything that you, you know, build or put out there, whether it's a product or a service, um, you really depend on, you know, how quickly you can put it all together and, and hit the market. Uh, so those accelerations will occur for sure. But I think it's just uh, this amazing, uh, you know, business benefit that I, I start to see in every aspect of what we do, right? So. The examples that I, you know, kind of narrated, uh, you know, before were data quality, right? So, so that's not a, I mean, it's just a very complex issue that people have tried to uh, navigate for a very long time, and they've always struggled with it, right? And it, it was despair. This was like, there's no great mm -hmm. solution out there, but suddenly, it's uh, all starting to seem possible. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, the light bulbs are going off. People are saying that anything that seemed like an impossible problem previously to solve might actually be solvable. Yeah. So I'm saying that goes beyond productivity, that goes beyond, you know, all these other benefits we've talked about. This is like saying you could fundamentally transform uh, your business in a big way because you've actually started to systematically eliminate all those hurdles that were slowing you down before. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's why the potential seems to be you know much bigger than what we can imagine. I think it's 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 only what you know. So so people have to start imagining what is possible and then see how they can find a path to construct that yeah. you know journey right with Gen AI because I think it can do a whole lot. The question is how are you going to 
uh, you know, find the right way to right way of doing it, and then who will you partner with on this mm-hmm. journey? Because you know, trying to navigate everything on your own, you know, might not be very prudent as well. So mm-hmm. use the learnings of other you know people who are also exploring in a big way, and then they can actually help you, you know, find the right path. Um, with obviously the safety and security that we always want. And then I guess we'll be able to solve some very key issues, right, yeah. in the company. And I, and that's, I think, what excites me more, right, is that, yeah, I can go solve all of the other metrics, but let's start thinking about these big problems that historically yes. we have never, you know, been able to find great solutions for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay, that's a, that's a very inspiring vision. I hope lots of folks will agree to do that. And thank you so much for your time here today. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on this special episode of Cloud Wars Live from Workday Rising at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, where we've been speaking with Jay Sablock, who's the Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer at Rubrik. Uh, It's been a great discussion. The event is going on. We'll have more from here coming up soon. Thanks very much.